All right, I'm sorry, we're gonna have to. All right, this is, give me one reason, this is Kathy Taylor. And I am with 20 young people and they are telling me about what they're afraid of. And we were in a great conversation and my phone rang and I'm the shittiest podcast host ever. <laughs> and no, I will not delete that, but I would have had to edit the other stuff. So we are starting over. I'm gonna start with my friend, <laughs> Sarah. Sarah, tell us what bothers you about your future. So I think one thing that bothers me about my future is kind of the state of our planet right now and just knowing that there's so many people, even people in power currently, who don't believe in how our Earth is literally getting trashed every single second and deteriorating. And it's so scary to think about because, you know, this is such an issue that some people might not realize and this is something that our generation is really going to have to deal with later on because, you know, I want kids when I'm older and I want them to be able to experience and learn about all these different animals that aren't extinct and really still are. And there's so many animals that you don't even think about that, like, are endangered now that we grew up knowing about. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I want to take them to the ocean and not have them surrounded by plastic. And it just bothers me and stresses me out that this is some, such a significant issue in our world today mm -hmm. and so many people don't care enough about learning about it or believing in it to actually try to make a difference because we don't have a lot of time left and it's important that we really focus and educate everyone on it now so that maybe we can actually make a difference later on. And key word, you said people in power. There are people in power that don't believe even in basic science, which is terrifying. Yes. My friend, what about you? So when my grandpa was young, he had a few siblings and they lived in Chicago. At the time, there was a lot of air pollution. On a field trip, he went to more of a kind of a field and he got very sick because he was so used to the air pollution. He didn't really kind of know what clean air was. And he had tragically lost his sister to that. And my biggest fear is that one day I'll take my kid out and I won't have them anymore because no one's taking air pollution or climate change serious mm -hmm. and I don't want to lose my kid because someone didn't believe. Beautiful. And the water too. Like you think of places in our own country that our water is contaminated. Flint, Michigan, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, and I think but like going off of that story, it's hard because a lot of people don't believe simply because they don't see the effects firsthand. So they think, well, if it doesn't affect me, that means it just it must not be true. When in reality, there are so many places um, in the world who are running out of clean air and running out of clean water. And just because in America currently, we still have the resources to be okay, that doesn't mean that this isn't still an issue that we need to deal with. Mm -hmm. And that is the difference between a short-term and a long-term orientation. People who are thinking of long-term make choices based on long-term. People are just thinking, how do I make money now? Are just thinking, screw the future, what do we do now? Anybody else want to add to that? All right, that's one really depressing thing that would keep you awake <laughs> at night. What is something else that might keep you awake at night? Can I ask you a religious question? What role do you think, do you think religion is a positive influence in our country right now or a negative? All right, my secret friend. <laughs> I'm gonna put it uh, here so I'm not standing over you. I'd say it's a positive thing yeah. because 
from pretty much the very basic start of humanity. It was basically just running around and killing tigers and things. And about the only thing that really kick-started society was either, you know, growing crops and working together or religion. Because pretty much every religion that actually produces, you know, well-developed societies generally relies, relies around treating people well, living a good life, and uh, bettering yourself, being kind to your fellow man. And although religion might lead to wars and things like that, that's a lot less in comparison compared to humanity's complete and utter move into a technological future. Yeah. Grace. Oops, secret grace. <laughs> There's a lot of graces in the world. Nobody will know. Um, well, I would definitely say it matters um, on who you are because if you look at like Muslims, they're stereotyped to be something bad because they have this on their head. But then you look at the Catholic faith and they have nuns that also have something on their head. And it doesn't make sense why one religion to be discriminated against because of something that a few bad people in the world have been doing. And it's kind of sad in that retrospect, because if you even look at, like when the Irish came to America, again, they were discriminated against and they were Catholic, and now Catholicism seems to be up there in America, even though it's not number one. But it's just kind of sad to know that it, religion helps overall, because it gives you a good foundation, but when other people want to rock that foundation, it doesn't help at all. So, like others have said, religion can be a great thing, and for many it takes them out of a dark place, in which it should be. It's something that should signify unity, love, and acceptance. But when bad people become, you know, get into religion, terrible things can happen. Just like what the previous person has said with the Muslim group. In a situation that is more geared towards LGBT, um, Millions of people are being killed every day in the name of a god, but that's not what that religion is. Mm -hmm. It is love, acceptance, and mm -hmm. being one with each other. When religion is taken out of context and set into a path of hate, then it is no longer religion. Mm -hmm. So religion is a good thing, but when people take it out of context, people can die for no reason. Absolutely. I heard him, I saw a meme today I thought was kind of funny, but I did not have the guts to put it on my Facebook. Um, it said, if you know somebody conservative who has a hard time changing the pronoun of somebody, you know, questioning the pronoun use, just go up and call God a she and watch them lose their mind, you know? Because it's like, God's not a woman, God's a, do you know what I mean? It's like, no, they're very like, I think it made sense. I, I said it wrong, but it, yeah, yeah, I know. Um, Wade, you had your hand up as something that bothers you and keeps you awake at night. Um, yeah, I would just say that, like, and I, I went through this, luckily, early in my life, in my freshman or sophomore year of high school, is that the thing that kept me awake at night was just, like, straight up worrying. Like, I would worry about everything that we've been talking about, everything. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I started to, like, 
question my faith and um, worry about the planet because you start to see as you get out of the caged-in lifestyle of elementary and middle school into the somewhat free range of high school and college, you start to actually see the world as it is and you study the world and it can be scary because it's pretty much all thrown at you at once. You don't, you don't really get a warning. And like, I used to worry about um, the planet and what my future was going to be like. And like, I just found out what a recession is, and that happens every so many years. If it, the pattern continues, that's going to happen again right when I graduate college. So what does that mean? And then I would worry about um, I, just death because I started thinking about I lost like four family members and two family dogs in the span of four years as a eight to 12 year old. So that took a toll and then I started thinking about how long do I have with the rest of my family? And that just weighed on me so hard and I would just worry like, I was so worried that I was extremely introverted about my feelings and everything was going on inside. Like my head was just going every which way and it was like a bowl of spaghetti of thoughts just all the time nonstop like I would I'd have to wake up at 6 in the morning to go to school and I would be up at until 3 at night mm -hmm. just thinking because I can't fall asleep I'm sitting there yeah. staring at the ceiling trying to fall asleep but I can't because I was just worrying and uh, eventually I found that the doubt doubting of my faith only made it stronger because it just reinforced my beliefs and I I found it in myself that when I reached out to God, um, I was helped and everything um, started to make sense. And I don't, I don't know if it was just the timing of it or uh, something else, but it was just, it, w it was amazing to me. And um, I, I had lived with a, a mask um, from like seventh to 10th 10th or 9th grade where I would be super talkative about I like very shallow things just like things going on and not really feelings or anything uh, with my friends and we would just talk about stuff that's happening now 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 um, but I, I was so nervous on the inside for that and I wanted to be like that and one day it just kind of hit me like how about instead of pretending like I'm something I want to be I start actually being that mm -hmm. and that's that's why I can talk like this today and why I can get up in front of a class and talk about any talk about anything and I, I just don't get nervous anymore mm -hmm. like I can be going up to the plate in the baseball game and the extra innings down by one and two guys on base two outs and I don't have a single nerve in my body I'm super excited and I don't know if my nervousness has just turned into excitement um, but my nervousness is gone I don't really worry anymore. Like I recognize problems and things that bother me. And then instead of worrying about what if, what if, what if, I start thinking about I can do this, mm -hmm. I can do that. Beautiful. Um, and it, it's kind of a kiddish movie, but I saw it when it came out and it, it's uh, Disney's Tomorrowland mm. where they really, they like kind of take an interesting tackle on the apocalyptic or chaotic nature of our planet right now and it really gives you hope mm -hmm. I mean obviously it's not a realistic movie but 
the message it gives is very helpful. Um, but recently, one of the things that kind of scared me was how easy it is to start relating to the bad guys in today's movies. Like, some of their points start to make sense. And you just kind of wonder how soon until somebody actually realizes that and starts to take that into action, like how our Earth is kind of having a fever right now mm -hmm. and humanity's kind of acting like a virus, just kind of things like that. It just kind of scares you, but then I go back to the other part where I can't, I can't really worry about the what ifs. Mm -hmm. I just want to worry about what I can do and what the people I surround myself with can do. And I think this class has really reinforced my belief in that where like we're a class of quality people. Like mm -hmm. everybody I've talked to in here has a ton of respect for other people and the world mm -hmm. and great ideas and they just want the best and they want to show people that our generation isn't like some of the generations that came before us or how people think we're gonna be raised because we were around electronics our whole life. Mm -hmm. And I think everybody really values interpersonal communication and just wants to kind of prove to the world that we can be the generation that changes it and reverses some mm -hmm. of the side effects. Yeah. And I, I'm, that just makes me really hopeful and really just enjoy life right now. Like this class is probably one of the biggest reasons I love college. I, I mean, I was gonna skip class, uh, my previous class to go rollerblading and I'm like, I gotta make sure I have an alarm set so I don't miss this oh. class just cause I, I wanna be here, I wanna talk to these people. I've never had a class like this where everybody knew each other. I'm gonna out you guys, you all kinda live together, you're a learned community. And um, I have never experienced a class where when I leave, you guys are in here still laughing and talking with each other. During spring break, we were talking about making dinner together, and inviting each other, and it just blew me away. Did you agree? Yes. Um, so to kinda continue off of what you said, like, <coughs> I've, I've never really been a real religious person or really into faith as it is. Um, but my mom has always been sort of like hippie spiritual, so to say. Like she um, she does like Reiki and she believes in like your chi and your chakras and all that. And we got crystals at home. Right? Yeah, oh yeah, we got crystals and rocks and everything. Um, and as a kid and like even through high school, I just thought that was like it's a load of hippie crap. Like that, yeah. I don't want anything to do with that. Like because I've always been kind of like into science and reasoning and logic and to me that, that's kind of why I've always not struggled with but never leaned towards religion or faith and I felt the same way about that kind of stuff um, and then recently like earlier this year when I got to college and kind of like that first month like it was a readjustment I was getting used to things I was kind of tweaking a little bit and um, we started talking and she had this she started like showing me the idea of like in a very, very base and broad like definition, like positive thinking and just focusing on what's happening right now and not so much stressing out about the future, thinking about what's gonna happen later on, which is something that I did throughout all of high school. I was all, like you said before, I would always be thinking about stuff. I would always be like running it through my head over and over again. And when I started just focusing on doing things that I wanted to do and making sure that what was happening in the present was 
what I wanted to be happening. Um, of course, stuff that was within my control, it, it's just made me probably more happier than I have been my entire life. And that's not to say that I've ever been incredibly unhappy, but it's, it's a noticeable difference. And I don't think that nullifies the idea that you shouldn't be concerned about the future and thinking about the future and it, you shouldn't be just sitting back and letting it all come at you. Um, but I think one of the most important ideas is just to focus first on being happy with what's going on in your life right now at this moment. And once you can get that, then you can start looking forward and thinking about, okay, now that I'm happy where I'm at right now, what can I do to start fixing and adjusting stuff later on in life? Later on in my life, later on in my kid's life, um, in everybody's life, I think you have to get to the point where you're, you're satisfied with what's going on. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Is something you miss today you're, so yeah, you're focusing on your surroundings, what's going on, the other people in front of you, not so much the technology or anything. And I would just like to go back and add on what Eric said about how important positive thinking is, and that's learning about that was one of the things that really helped me um, change my mindset. Uh, it was like another baseball analogy is like you don't ever want to go up to the plate saying, don't strike out, don't strike out, because it's just like if I tell you, don't think about pink elephants, what's the first thing you're going to mm -hmm. think about? Mm -hmm. Pink elephants. So you want to go up there thinking about what you want to do, not what you don't want to do, because if it's in your head, it's in your head whether it's bad or good. And you want as many good things in your head as you can. Mm -hmm. um, and again, what Eric said about being happy with yourself, um, I had this like a similar experience. like. I went pretty much all through high school worrying about, you know, the social scene and having a girlfriend and not being one of the people who didn't have a girlfriend, was always worried about it <laughs> and, um, you know, trying to relate to other people and, you know, date. Um, and I found out hindsight 2020 is because I wasn't happy with myself, it was really hard to try to be happy with somebody else and personally I think if you find happiness with somebody else when you're not happy with yourself more times than not it's going to be unhealthy mm -hmm. and honestly when I found my well she's now my ex sadly but when I met my first girlfriend um, it was after I had realized that you know I just need to be happy with myself because how can you love somebody else if, or how can you expect somebody to love you if you don't love yourself? So true. And it's just, like Eric said, you have to worry. It's not necessarily being selfish, but you kind of have to put yourself first to create a good base that you can build off of, whether it's a professional or a romantic or a, like a, just a casual happiness. You need a solid base, and that base has to come from within. People my age need to hear that. Yeah. Anybody else? Anything pop in your mind? Do you guys think that your generation is more religious or less religious than your parents? I can tell you what statistics say. Statistically, no. Um, a lot of this generation 
defines himself as atheist or agnostic, and um, they give some reasons for that. What do you think are some reasons for that? Sarah? Um, I can speak from a personal experience regarding religion because I've struggled a lot with it, simply because when I was younger, I went through an extremely hard childhood. I went through things that, as like an 11-year-old, you typically don't even think, you don't even think about having to go through. And I tried to rely on my church and the people at my church. And um, what happened was my parents got divorced and it was very, very messy and it was awful. And I don't want to go into any details, but what happened was once the church found out, they actually took us off the member list. Mm -hmm. And I completely got shut out from you know, that feeling of like faith being there for you. And, you know, I was so young at the time, I understand that you can have faith without going to a church and like it can still be there for you. Um, but I know I struggled a lot with even being open to the idea because I needed that at the time and it wasn't there. So I, I think that there are situations like that that happen because, you know, things happen nowadays and, you know, sometimes a church isn't always open and willing to kind of be progressive in certain ways. So I know that now I've been more open on learning and trying that experience, but from personal experience, I can definitely see that there are specific reasons with bad experiences with the church as to why some people might not believe. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. And as 11, you kind of see church as being religion and God, and it's all kind of wrapped up into one. Well, my parents are a little older, so my parents are baby boomers, and my grandma was actually born during the Great Depression, so I am raised with an older generation, an older mindset, so when I start to talk to, about religion with my parents, I usually want it to end quickly because I do not want to have any part in the conversation, because what I see in our generation is more people don't want to be bound to one label as that, which is what I don't. I believe that I have faith, but I don't have a specific anything, really. Like, not, I wouldn't say Christian Catholic, which is what I was raised. Like, I went to parochial schools my entire life, all 13 years of school, so I learned pretty much one side, which I wish I wouldn't have just gotten one side of Catholicism, because it was pushed on me and I did not enjoy that whatsoever. But when I told my parents that I didn't want to get confirmed, my dad told me I was going to be a nun. And I refused to even bring up the subject with my grandma because I don't want to know what she has to say about it because I, we have a very strong connection. But when it comes to religion with my parents, because there's such a generation gap, mm -hmm. they don't understand that it's not a phase I'm going through. That's what my dad wholly believes, and I'm just like, no, I have faith, just not a label with it, and it doesn't have to be a label. Right, and that doesn't make sense to them necessarily, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Okay, you had said, yeah. Yeah. go real quick. Okay. Um, and I, I just want to kind of piggyback off of Sarah and Grace, and that I, I think, although statistically our generation is less religious I feel like people have a stronger stance or more backing whereas like when you get to the older religions and you ask them oh why, why do you believe oh I was raised that way or oh I was I went to Catholic school my whole life oh I go to church every Sunday they don't really have a personal story or connection whereas I think our generation searches for that 
and they find it in one way or the other. Um, and I, I do think that our generation is less concerned about the label and you find more believers um, in, in God or in uh, ultimate creator or uh, divine being. And to me, that's just as beautiful as having a central religion because, and as, as long as somebody has the story or their feelings to back that up, the amount of respect should still be there. It should still be the same amount of respect because they're taking a stance on what they believe. And I think that's just as amazing. And it's like, it's like Pope Francis, uh, the current Pope said, he's, it's like it's not our job to push somebody our way. If they come searching for it, we should be there to take them in. And if somebody believes in God, that's just as beautiful as if somebody goes to church every Sunday. Um, and yeah, I, I, I just thought Grace and Sarah's stories were both uh, very good. I wanted to remember that, to it. that picture when the Pope had this little kid uh, went up in his lap and his dad had died for some reason as an unbeliever, but he had taken his little boy to church and the, the little boy was afraid his dad wasn't in heaven. And it was on the news because he actually went through this crowd, almost reminded me of the story of Jesus when a little kid tried to get to him and they get away, you know, and it was almost like that because this little kid went through the crowd and crawled up on his lap and he was whispering and he was scared and the Pope was whispering in his ear and basically told him that if his daddy was a good enough daddy and loved him enough to care about taking him, how much more did God, the daddy, you know, would take care of his and it was just really, the little boy walked away like, oh, but it was just really, really precious how he offered comfort. Um, so I agree with a lot with what Grace said, and I think that um, the why our generation is a lot less religious than other generations is because I think our generation is a lot more open-minded, mm -hmm. and where we want to pick and choose what ideas we want to believe in and don't believe in, and mm -hmm. the church, different religions are very set in their ways, and they say this is what we believe, take it, take it all, or don't take it at all, whereas we're like, no, we want to choose. We choose that, but not that, and the churches don't necessarily agree with that. So then we think, oh, well, we can't, like, just forget it completely because if no church or religion fits what we think, then there's no point so to it. It's like it. an all-or-nothing attitude. Things right. are going fine, then I have to say nothing because yeah. I can't subscribe perfectly to what you think I should believe. Yeah, and exactly. I, yeah. I hate to relate religion and politics because they're so strong um, topics. But I, I think it's the same way where I have found, especially going to college, that there's not as many super conservative or super liberal people as you would expect mm -hmm. from growing up and mm -hmm. pretty much being around adults who are mm -hmm. Republican or Democrat. Mm -hmm. um, I personally would relate like right in the middle. I would mm -hmm. be in the middle leaning a little bit left. I mm -hmm. like to consider myself purple. Mm -hmm. And I think that <laughs> That Very our, appropriate, by the way, for white uh, Our generation, I feel, is a lot like that, where we don't pick left or right. We go center-leaning, center-leaning, mm -hmm. or a little more conservative, but still picking and choosing different ideas from mm -hmm. liberal and conservative mm -hmm. um, thoughts. And I, I, I I'm going to you, darling. Um, I definitely agree with the past few people um, regarding religion that 
religion is definitely a personal thing and you can go to church and be raised that way and think you're religious but if you don't have a personal connection with it then um, that creates a lot of I would say like questioning and if people don't agree with exactly the things maybe their parents did they might fall out of it and maybe on some level they still believe or have some sort of spirituality but it's kind of displaced so that can be a really hard thing to deal with so I definitely agree with the people before me that some religious um, denominations are very set in their way and if people don't feel welcome or they don't agree with the practices and what's going on they might not they might maybe think all religion is like that and might not want to go to try to find a different church or a different faith maybe they'll just give up and be thinking that that's how all religion is and that maybe religion isn't for them do you feel like your your ability to question is accepted by people above you or your your generation or your parents or grandparents or churches do you feel a freedom to question sometimes sometimes i feel like when you question somebody some people say oh how millennial are you Wow. How about how smart of you? We're not not millennials. It's just because something is different from what you're used to Mm -hmm. um, doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong. Mm -hmm. And I I think there are a lot of people, and it has been getting better. Mm -hmm. um, And I think it's actually influenced a lot of people older than us, too, to be like, hmm, I never really thought about that. I'll have to Mm -hmm. try that sometime. How do we learn except by asking questions? And it's weird, when you're little, you get to ask, right? People are like, oh, they ask so many questions. But when you get older, you're not supposed to ask anything, <laughs> right? That's what I said, so. Anybody else? What else do you think turns your generation off from religion? <coughs> anything else? Personal experiences. That's what religion should be kind of based off of. Yeah, mm-hmm. your parents can teach you, but it's your own findings and your own belief mm-hmm. systems that shape who you are. Mm-hmm. And if the church casts you out or a member who you've looked up to casts you out, you're not going to want to be with that anymore. You're not going to want to associate it because mm-hmm. you see that as um, sort of like they don't, you know, they don't want me. So why would I? Why would I be there? For some people, that is the whole reason is they were cast out. They weren't as accepted as they should have been. And that's why like a lot of people aren't really wholeheartedly selecting a label. Mm-hmm. Amen. I grew up always thinking that if I was a good Christian girl, the church would love me and the world would hate me because you're a soldier for Jesus. But then I got old enough to look at Jesus' testimony or you know his life, and the religious people kicked him out because he hung out with all the wrong people. He actually hung out with people who were drunk in the morning. You know what that means, right? When you're drunk in the morning, <laughs> it's not good, you know? And um, he hung out with women of ill repute and criminals and him doing that kind of leveled the playing field like everybody's welcome and that freaked them out, right? And I do definitely see in your generation much more of an inclusive, you belong to me, we're a tribe, you know? Um, we're in this together. And that's really beautiful about you. I think there's so many things about you, your generation, 
that is uh, beautiful and commendable, and I'm not just blowing smoke, I guess I, I'd like to end this with this. You guys have a lot to teach us, and I think the future might be in better hands being in your hands than in ours. We're too divided, we're too polarized, we're too afraid. Can I say that? I believe my generation is too scared. It's not that we wanna be mean to Muslims, mean to this, mean to this group. We're scared of the other. You guys don't seem, in my experience as a college professor, you don't seem all that scared. You're like, yeah, I have this Muslim friend, yeah, I have this gay friend, yeah, I have this trans friend, yeah, I have this. They're just my friend. There's somebody I know trying to go on this journey like I am, and we'll see where we end up. Where my generation is more afraid if I come in contact with all that, what's gonna happen? Well, the world is diverse. In one of my cross-cultural classes, they were saying that Canada, and I know everybody laughs about going to Canada, but Canada prides themselves in diversity, and they like to think of themselves as a mosaic instead of a melting pot. And I've always thought, well, we're a melting pot in America, it's great, but think about it. When you're trying to paint and you're trying to mix a bunch of paints together, what, what kind of happens? You get this like muddy, gray, smudge, no color, right? And I'm not saying we don't have color, but it seems like we have this way everybody's supposed to be, and what is that compared to who you're, where in Canada, they said they're a mosaic, not a melting pot. You know, they have this culture interacting with this culture, but when you picture a mosaic, or I think of a stained glass, you see all these beautiful parts that are unique but still beautiful and add to the overall picture. And I, I see your generation as being more open to that. And therefore, you're gonna care more about somebody else even though they don't agree with you. And you're gonna pass laws and policies that include other people even though they're not like you. And you're not gonna be afraid. And because you're not afraid, hopefully you will make better choices. Because when you think about wars, all the stuff that's happened, a lot of it is we're afraid. I'm gonna get you before you get me. It's really not ignorance as much as fear is at the base. And you guys are facing a time when there's a lot to be afraid of, but you're very brave and you're not afraid and you're still working on your future. And um, I think it's commendable. And um, this class, I wish people listening to this, whoever does, could see how special you are. I'm, I've, I've never had this experience, and it's been a wonderful break in the middle of my afternoon to come and um, connect with you and see you guys connect with each other, more importantly. And your speeches, I just have to say this for the record, this class has given speeches about the weirdest, coolest shit you've ever seen. <laughs> like the emu war in Australia, and the emus won, for God's sakes. How could you, how'd that happen? Um, we heard a, a speech on meth and Nazis. That was fascinating. I mean. Who gives, I've heard thousands of speeches, never on meth and Nazis or emus, you know? Um, so this has just been great, and um, you guys are awesome. So thank you, and goodbye. <laughs>